You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Joining you, as always, is me, Gandalf. Also joining me are Matt and Nathan Van Horn. How you guys doing? It's a good day. It is a good day. It is. It always feels a little bit different. I get that feeling you get when you like transition from the fourth to fifth grade, and you like forget how long division works in between the summer break. Like that's how I feel when we've gone like a little bit of space without recording. From our perspective, it's been a little bit. Yeah. But I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be fine. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's going to be okay. So last week, I, I never we worried about. about a, I, I never worried about like remembering the long division as much as hoping as there was. Like be someone in the class that I could talk with. Like that was always the <laughs> the greater source of anxiety for me. Nathan, like he he was not worried about it. He's like long division, I I know it. It's okay. I know no, and, it. And, I know how to do and it. I, I'm not I'm not taking it like while we're talking about this, like I'm not trying to sound impressive because Matt and I shut down everything in our day for when we're recording. Gandalf is simultaneously recording ordering technology parts offline, probably involved in some bid wars and managing the entire technology uh, of First Baptist Tupelo, like multitasking. Um, right. So, and probably buying and selling stocks. Yeah, probably that too. Yeah. it's. It, I won't lie. It's a pretty bad day for me on the, mm. on the S&P 500, <laughs> but oh. don't worry about that. Listener, you should be worried about- I can't lose what I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, something that's great to invest in is the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, and you can do so. You can for free. Uh, you can invest in a always returning dividend, a always high returning dividend. If only you would subscribe by pressing the plus mark on Apple Podcasts, the heart on Spotify, or the checkbox on Google Podcast. Um, although I think I'm, you know what, listener, write to us at our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com, if you are listening to us on the Google Podcasts. Uh, because as far as my metrics are concerned, I, I think I'm just shouting into the darkness. I don't think anybody is listening to us. Well, it's because, Podcast, you've sh- it's because you've shamed the third-party platform so many times. That That's not one of the third-party <laughs> oh, platforms. Speaking of, of which, the, the uh, my roommate from college, or one of them, uh, Ed, Gabe Bout, Jim Newman, and Matthew Wallace. Matt Wallace came to church a few weeks ago, surprised me, and he uh, came with his dad, Dr. Kevin Wallace. And Kevin is a faithful podcast listener, and he listens on some app that I've never heard of before. Like literally, the it's weird not, third party podcast. It's not Google. It's not uh, Amazon or Apple or any of that. It's not Spotify. He said it, and I, I just had never heard of it. Yeah, my, is, my was it Overcast? Hmm. Was it Overcast? No, it wasn't that either. It was something uh, else. My, my mother-in-law is one of the third-party people, and so you know, I try to remind uh, remind Gandalf this time of year. Hey, buddy, uh, Thanksgiving dinner's coming up. Why don't you Why don't you let off that one a little bit? 
listener, if you listen on a third party platform, we love you too, but we don't, we can't see you. So in, yeah. <laughs> enjoy sitting in the dark, isolated while listening to the podcast, but know that. But hey, if you, you ever are laying in the dark somewhere isolated, you might have a dream in the wilderness. Ooh. I'm just saying. Uh, did That's I a just, good. Did I just steal the segue there? You did. I I'll, I approve of it. I'll take it. You know, I I don't fret over that stuff anymore. AI replaces all of us soon. It's so true. <laughs> uh, so true. I actually just read about this thing that over in Europe that they had an AI church service where like they, uh, like the computer generated minister on the screen preached a sermon that it wrote completely by itself. I don't. So. That's weird to me. Yeah, that is you know, you know that is pretty weird. Mm. I'm not so. at the forefront of all ethical discussions in contemporary Christianity, but I know how I I know how I feel about that. Oh yeah, I would imagine it's the same as uh, I feel about it. But talking about today, we're going back to Genesis. Shocker there, and back to uh, Bethel, and that's where we're going to be. Uh, Jacob had a dream. We talked about that last week, and we're going to kind of pick up where we left off. Uh, there's probably a couple of episodes coming out of this content here because <laughs> there's this is a loaded passage. Dr. Meeks made a joke about us uh, last week. He said, better than fiction, Bible podcast, Exodus edition, uh, Exodus edition coming to you in 2027. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that, right. That's generous. 2027. Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh man. Mm. I laughed and cried at the same time. I'm sorry, I interrupted, Matt. Go ahead. No, it's all good. Uh, Gandalf, why don't you read for us? We're going to be in Genesis 28, verses 10 through 12. All right. 28, Genesis 28, verses 10 through 12, as always, from the ESV. Jacob left Beersheba and headed towards Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Mm. All righty. Well, thank you for that. So, how t- how tired do you have to be before you see a rock and decide <laughs> decide? Like, yeah, that's, that that looks that's comfortable. A, that's a good pillow. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just say, like I have. Middle age has taken over in the past year. So, like, I had to get, like, one of those sleep posture pillows this year. Mm. Mm. Like, so I don't fall asleep in the wrong position and wake up with my neck or back hurting. Um, and not not one medical professional recommended a rock. Not one. <laughs> That's right. So. If you want to dream like you've never dreamed. <laughs> That's right. Um so, incidentally, though, this is one of these launching places that launches forward and backwards in the text. Uh, we've often said that everything in the Bible is pretty much connected to everything else in the Bible. Uh, but there are some passages that do that more than others. And we're not going to be shocked here that this somehow connects us to Eden because we always end up there. But there's some other stuff, too. There's some stuff in the past, and also there's stuff stuff in the future um out of curiosity uh like what's the the big connecting point like of is there another story somewhere that would connect us to another yeah for 
I, I uh, think yeah, e- even even in pre better than fiction Bible podcast days, I, I connected this to other stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think guys, you definitely what was that story. Uh, well, two stories. Um, mm-hmm. uh, number one, Eden, because anytime you have this overlap of people and celestial beings being involved that's with right. each other, you know, uh, that's interesting. And you, and you think of the New Testament, at least. Right. Because. Uh, when Jesus is calling his disciples in John one, he references yep. this passage, and we'll come back to that. Right. Um, but but the the idea of connecting heaven and earth uh, makes me think of punting forward to Jesus and punting back to Eden. Yeah. Um, what a, what about you, Gandalf? What, another story. Yeah, that's that's weird because that's not where I was going. I was thinking of like another structure that was attempting. Oh like yeah. Another vertical structure that was attempting to connect heaven and earth. I was thinking of Babel. You yeah. must listen and to the, the Better Than Fiction thereof. Bible podcast, yeah. You know, I've heard them once or twice. They're pretty good. In fact, I think when we talked about Babel, we mentioned this story. I want to say that we talked about, hey, there's going to be a story somehow in the future. But uh, So why do you think of Babel, Gandalf? What part of this? Um, I'm thinking of like a like a large vertical structure that connects heaven to earth and like the attempt to, to transition so, from... So you connect with the, so it's not a tower, but it's a ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Or it can be also thought of as just like stairs, stairway, you know? Yeah. And I think that was our stair, our stairway to heaven episode was in Babel, right? I think so. Well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of primed to think about this because ever since we talked about Eden being like the mountaintop intersection, right? Right. Of heaven and earth. And then. Babel, they tried to recreate that for their That's own it. malicious purposes. It, you're not just kicked out of the garden, you're kicked off the mountain. That's huge. Yep. And by the way, to, to listeners, uh, again, I would refer you to the imagery of Ezekiel 28 that really captures that. You're in yeah. the garden, on the mountain. And remember we talked about ziggurats in the ancient world. Remember right. they were, the whole idea? They were stepped structures. Yep. It and was... again, Matt one, th- Matt, one thing we've talked about with Babel which is the same way, uh, same word in Hebrew for Babylon, right? Right, correct. Um, what was uh, Babylon famous for? It's hanging gardens. You have oh, these, yeah, these artificial mountain cities mm. with plants everywhere. What's the imagery? Yeah. This is an artificial yeah. Eden, mm. right? Yeah, where where are they getting that? Yeah. So what's interesting is that this story actually, without question, connects to Babel. But we actually get a little hint of this even before you talk about the ladder. And it's one of those things if you like focused in. Matt just said I can name that tune in one note. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So even even more than the ladder. Okay, let me uh, let me just read the sentence and Gandalf, you you tell me or Nathan, you tell me. Okay, taking one of the stones of the place. He put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. Any kind of word there that would be reminiscent of Babel? Uh, well, well you, I, you, your you inflection put gets on the word stone. <laughs> I was trying to help you all out as much as I Taking could. Taking one right? of the stones. <laughs> exactly. L- listener, you can't see it, but we're on a video call and he was like winking at me. Yeah, like, exactly. well, <laughs> That's right. So, my screen I, okay. started flashing. I got subtitles at the bottom. Right. So... It's, it's pretty cool uh, because the first place that stone, the, the word is used in the Hebrew Bible, is actually not in the 
story of Babylon. That's actually the second place. The first place it's used is major shocker here. It's in Eden. Um, uh, talking about the different onyx, different stones, stones, and it's called onyx stone in, there in Genesis 2.12. Yeah. Which, the by the way, place, we also hear about in Ezekiel 28, which I mentioned earlier. Yes, being speaking about the cherub being yeah. covered with all and these. And his vest. And these yeah. same thing, high priestly vestments, and it's all heaven meets earth imagery. Yes. So when you look at uh, Ezekiel 11, though, it says, and they said to one another, this is, no, I said oh, Genesis 11. 11. Genesis, Genesis 11. 11, verse 3. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone. Artificial stone, artificial mountain. Yes. Now, what's what's cool here... Well, don't, don't love it, but I love the textual significance. Correct. We, we are not endorsing structures to heaven, ladies and gentlemen. Please take note <laughs> yes. of that. But what's cool here is tying that idea that Nathan just mentioned, the artificial stone, artificial mountain. This is seemingly just a stone laying out in the middle of nowhere. And it is on this stone that Jacob has a dream. Now, Nathan reminded us, we mentioned it way back when during the Stairway to Heaven, the whole unhewn, uncut stones play a significant role later in the temple yes you've got you've got one of those things weighing uh i think there's the the largest stone in the jerusalem temple correct me if i'm wrong i think it was 96 ton 192,000 pounds yeah are you talking about the one that's still there in the wall the western wall i'm not sure if it's still there or not it could be well there was one that that. Gandalf and I, I went and saw one when we went and toured the Western Wall and we went down in that tunnel. Gandalf, you remember yeah, that big stone? He, yeah, there's still some biggins. Yeah, piece of stone. Like, I, I can't. Like, I mean, I'm not ready to say the aliens built it along with the the pyramids, but I mean, that would have been hard to move. <laughs> it would have been very hard to move, right? But so, but not so hard. Not so uh, again for for their worldview. Worth the difficulty of moving it over the compromise of cutting it. Mm. And and so Nathan, help us understand why is that such a big deal later? Why does God want stones for altars and so forth not to be bricks? Well, uh, there there may be more than I'm uh, uh, catching, but I think it's the kind of the matrix that we've been navigating. What is represented? Who takes the prerogative to bridge the gap between heaven and earth? Is it something that is done by the effort of human hands? Uh, I, I say that because uh, uh, you see this in Hebrew. I, I, my, my strongest language is, uh, I, I'm pretty strong in Hebrew, but my strongest language in, is in Greek. And one thing that you see a lot of in uh, the Septuagint, the LXX, is when they're talking about some of this stuff, when they're talking about idolatry, there's this uh, word that is used, kiropiuntos, uh, made with hands. And it's almost associ- it's almost always associated with uh, either idolatry or the thing that you do um, that presuming upon being able to bridge that gap. Like put God at your beck and call, uh, put him at your disposal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know, this also reminds me of there was there's a story 
later in the Old Testament in 2 Samuel 6, 1 through 7, that actually concerns something called the Ark of the Covenant. Mm. And so Good catch. We'll, get to more, we'll get to the Ark of the Covenant more later, but there's a guy Uzzah. named Uzzah or Uzzah, and he reaches out. The Ark of the Covenant is on this cart, and they're transporting it to Jerusalem. Gandalf, you remember this story where he reaches out and he touches it yeah, he, because he, it, yeah. he's afraid don't it's have going it on to the, fall? Yeah, they don't have it on the poles. They have it on right. the cart. They are not. Uh, they're doing something their way as opposed to God's way. Um, so, incidentally, he is struck dead, and then David is grieved. He gets angry. All, all of these things, because it's like... And by the way, even though I have a better understanding of it that now, and I'm going to explain that in a second... There's still a part of me that is very unsettled by that because I want to read that story and say, gosh, Uzzah was just, he just didn't want the ark to hit the ground. But I was actually, gosh, it's been years ago, but I was listening to a lecture by uh, R.C. Sproul. He's now I've heard that lecture. Dude, so good. He said, here was Uzzah's problem or Uzzah's problem is that he considered his sin-stained hands cleaner than the dust of the ground. And that's a word. <laughs> and I, when I think about the whole uncut stone versus bricks, is that there is a tendency in humanity to marvel at what we do and build. This is the garden versus the city. Correct. Also, one of the things that I love, we've talked about Daniel a lot, is it's the Daniel 2 versus Daniel 7. So Daniel 2, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and it's this beautiful statue with a head of gold and then shoulders of uh, silver and then a belly of bronze and then legs of iron and then feet of iron and clay. And it's this beautiful thing. And then presumably uh, Daniel 7 is the dream that Daniel has about the same things, about the empires of history, so to speak. And what's interesting, the things that Nebuchadnezzar saw as this beautiful statue from earth, Daniel has a heavenly vision, and from heaven, the same empires, rather than being a beautiful statue, are horrible, monstrous beasts. Mm. And so I think there's a human tendency to marvel in the work of our own hands. And yet from heaven's perspective, how many of the things that we marvel over are actually a beast that is consuming us and we don't know it. And so when I think about this story, the tower of Babel versus this stone that Jacob doesn't build, he simply rests his head upon that we're we're reminded that the most important things that's happening in this story is what God is doing. And the most important bridging of the gap which takes place between God and human does not in any way originate on the human side. Yeah, I, it, I love it that. This is uh, because um, Jacob's not the first patriarch to have a dream. Mm. Yep. You know, Abraham had a dream and it was when he's sealing the covenant with God in Genesis 15. And, you know, you have um, 
the sacrifices that they cut in half, right? All except the teeny tiniest ones. And uh, what happens? Uh, Abraham never passes through the pieces, right? It's only the smoking fire pot that represents the, the presence of God. This is a heavenly initiated and heavenly accomplished, right? Yes. Uh, which is why, you know, if you go back to the Babel episodes, um, I, I learned so many new things studying that and, and Jewish and Christian traditions about that. Uh, it, you have a range of interpretations that are capturing what they were even attempting. Some said that they were bridging, you know, that essentially they were trying to recapture Eden. Um, others, because they waterproofed this tower, said they were making war on heaven. They were trying to they were trying right. to pierce it, right? Uh, and, right. and the whole Nimrod thing came in. Uh, like, hey, if he tries to flood us again, we'll be safe up here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A siege tower. That's it. Ah, That's exactly yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this is an interesting, um, uh, I guess, juxtaposition of that, uh, or inversion of that. You know, I don't know if you all know this. It's actually believed by a group of people today, or at least is celebrated as a belief, whether how significantly it's believed that this stone actually is still in existence and it actually has a name and it's called the stone of scone by the way you're talking about you're talking about the the stone that he slept on yeah yeah, yeah when, when matt or brought the stone this up, of destiny when, when matt brought this up to me uh two things happened i felt like a charlatan uh, for ever letting Matt call me like anything of a scholar because I had no idea. And then part of me <laughs> thought, is this like a VeggieTales episode that I never saw? Because it feels yeah. it has the stone of scone, right? <laughs> yes. So, all right. So the monarchs of Scotland, okay, essentially there is a stone which they set on. And now in the modern day, it's used when uh, a king or queen is coronated by the British Empire. But traditionally, it came from Scotland, and the monarchs of Scotland would actually sit on the Stone of Scone as as their throne. And, and it was believed that the Stone of Scone was the stone, or it's just essentially Jacob's pillow stone. And... Tradition has it that the prophet Jeremiah uh, supposedly took the Stone of Scone to ancient Ireland before he died. Oh wow! He he, he crossed he, he crossed the channel with that. Uh... <laughs> and, All right, so listener, I am looking at Google images of the Stone of Scones. Right. He did not sleep on that. That <laughs> was nobody's pillow. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm calling it now. What does it say? What position he slept in? Yeah, that's right. It's like a foot and a half tall. Like his neck would have been at a ninety degree angle. It is conveniently shaped like a chair. <laughs> well, I is, mean, but you talk about you know the whole ancient king thing. Uh, always, uh, you know, kings saying that they ruled in the image of God. That that whole thing. Um, the uh, how do how do you uh, validate that you rule with? Uh, divine authority and by divine right well god lets me sit on his rock <laughs> the, that's right well hey like uh king charles during his coronation this was a part of the ceremony 
he sat on the stone of scone. Uh, that's a part of the throne. And uh, it's used only now during coronation and it's returned to, I think, a castle in Scotland somewhere, Edinburgh. Yeah. And it's kept with the Scottish crown crown jewels. But, but the, so Nathan, what are they trying to capture there? They're trying to, as you just said, the idea is trying to connect, connect this whole heaven earth thing to the royal house. Yeah, that's the, way. I mean, you know, the, the opposite of that is like the Monty Python quest for the Holy Grail. Who are you? I am Arthur, King of the Britons. Well, I didn't vote for you, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do you, how do you validate that God is dealing with someone? Well, you sit on his rock or sleep on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, again, at, at the very least, as even before we're going into this dream where there's a ladder, it may it may be uncomfortable to sleep on a brick, but it's more, I mean, it may be uncomfortable to sleep on a rock, but it's uh, a better bet than sleeping on a brick. <laughs> mm, um, that's right. Uh, so I, I do think uh, that's an interesting connection between um, those stories. And it's it's going to take us a couple of episodes as we wrap this one up uh, to unpack some of that. Yeah. Um, Gandalf, any further reflection on this? Stone, I'm just stone. thinking about like <laughs> I'm just thinking about uh, how humans they like we all we all want to like invoke Eden, right? We all want the authority of heaven. So we like make up the stone. We put we sit on the stone. I'm thinking about Matt. You told me a story about how like crusaders go into battle with like pieces of the true cross, and then some guy digs up a a spear, and they're able to win. Yeah, because it's the spear that. Well, that's Christ. you know, so during the Reformation, the joke was that there was enough uh, true wood of the cross to build a fleet of ships, and enough nails of the cross to bind them together. Uh, but like but even that's, even that's today, we're it's, going back. It's right. it's very popular for people now to make a pilgrim pilgrimage to the Holy Land. We've all done it, right? Yeah. And a lot of people, when they go over there, will get baptized in the Jordan River because Jesus did, right? And I'm just saying, they they export a whole lot of bottles of water from the Jordan River. You never see them filling the bottles up. So, there but why is, why why uh, that water? So Same reason this stone. There, there is one more thing as we round this out that I wanted to, to make mention of. Y'all look at the beginning of verse 11. We've talked about this so much. But what did he do to the stone? What does it say? Um, he, he took the stone. Is that what you're going to say? And then placed it? Uh, talk no, about some... he, we have talked so much about the word take took this this is also lacac it goes back genesis 3 genesis 6 all of these things but in this case it's not a forbidden thing because the stone is just seen as something that god has made this is not something there's there's no boundary being crossed here Ooh, but the boundary is about to be crossed but by by god's doing yeah god gets god to do that which is part of what Jesus is going to talk about, which we'll come back to. Sure. All right. Well, hey, man, who knew? Stone of Scum. Who uh, knew this, indeed? This, this reminds me of the merger episode in season three of The Office. They're nifty gifties. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I knew somehow we, the office would make I it back. I'm so into sorry. <laughs> well, listener, if you like office references and pop culture references in general, we've mentioned Monty Python, The Office. I almost did an Indiana Jones thing with the, uh, the Holy Grail, but, you know, I thought it be- best left unsaid. But if you like that sort of thing, in addition to discussing the grand narrative, please like and subscribe to this podcast where every Tuesday morning you'll get a notification that we have another 30 minutes discussing the story and we'll be back next week and something tells me that uh, we're still talking about dreams and that we might be for the conceivable future so strap in put put that rock under your head and get comfortable (laughs) (laughs) and and we'll we'll see you next time alright see you next time bye shalom All right, Twilight's not receiving emails, so I'm going to ignore that for now.